Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. When you look at your feet, what do you see? Are they the same or have you noticed anything different about them? Do you think your feet should have any real significance as you walk on this planet? Should your feet have an effect on another's life or are they just plain old feet needed to move you from one place to another? When you look at other feet, what do you see? Can you really tell how someone walks by just watching their gait? You heard the old saying, if you're going to talk to talk, you got to walk to walk. Now, what if there were numerous testimonies about you that said they talk to talk, but their life is far from walking the walk? God gives warnings, instructions, and wonderful testimonies of what his disciples' feet should look like. You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life. How beautiful are your feet? Have you given much thought to your feet outside of some type of foot ailment you may be experiencing? I know for a fact shoes and socks can conceal smelly feet. That is, until they're released from their containment. And oh boy, somebody in this room needs to wash their feet because their dogs are barking. Can you imagine living in a day when all the roads were dust, dirt, and mud? So it would make perfect sense to have a means to clean your feet before you entered into your own home, let alone someone else's. And what about when someone said in a very loving voice, <clears throat> Excuse me, um, did you happen to step in some shinola? Because your feet smell like our stable. Please follow me so we can clean those filthy feet of yours. But today, that's really not a concern for most, yet some still live that way. The only difference today is they can at least pull them off by the road and leave them there. Now, when someone talks about feet, it may be natural to think of how someone's foot is shaped and with or without corns or hammer toes, or the size that they can sure cover a lot of ground, and maybe strength that one can hold one's ground when being challenged. We all know that feet are different, and we also know that there are similarities of feet that are passed down from parents to children. We also know that real comfortable pair of shoes feel fantastic, and when they're not, get those things off my feet because they're killing me. How can covering one's feet with a fancy pair of shoes really mislead to what one's feet really look like? So, may I ask you, how clean are your feet? No, it would be easy to assume the obvious. Well, taking a shower, my feet are clean, right? But are they really clean? I would say that would depend on if you focus on the physical, washed feet, versus the spiritual, how you walk. Because there is a huge difference between the two, you know. And washing one's feet is a ceremonial process, yes. And it is just plain old good hygiene. But also very refreshing, especially if your dogs are at it all day long. But what kind of feet should disciples of Jesus possess? I mean, because that's the real question. Now, let me ask you, what is it that makes feet so attractive to God? that God puts an adjective describing the feet he loves to see walking on the face of this planet. Do you know what it is? If not, here it is. It's Romans 10:15. How will they preach unless they are sent? 
just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So, when you're bringing the good news of good things, then you have beautiful feet, according to God, right? And of course, you know, listening to me, I'm getting ready to ask you a question. What kind of news are you bringing when you arrive on the scene? Because you must know what the good news is in order to know if you're bringing it. Because if one has a warped sense of what's good, then they will possess a warped sense of that what they're bringing may be good, but could be entirely different to what God perceives as good. And as you know, as disciples of Jesus, we are to just look at the pure milk of the word. Beautiful feet bring good news. Well, then, what do ugly feet bring? Because there's no gray area with God. You either have beautiful feet or ugly feet. So, if beautiful brings good news, then what do ugly bring? Bad news? And again, it would depend on what one perceives as bad. Because in one's humanity, what one characterizes as bad may be total conflict to what God perceives as bad. So, before we dive into the passage, ponder this. God is good. You bring God's love, God's word, his spirit, truth, promises, testimony, salvation, sanctification, and warnings. You must have beautiful feet. When you arrive, do you bring God's love, his word, spirit, truth, promises, testimony, salvation, sanctification, and warnings? Or are your feet just carrying you along from place to place? If you are someone that brings immorality, unkindness, malice, vindictiveness, harshness, corruption, and wickedness when you arrive, then you must have ugly feet. True or false, NGA, that will be no gray area so when you hear NGA, that means no gray area, and you can expect here soon to be a Godcast on NGA. So let's dive into Romans 10:15. I'm going to read it again, and then let's dive in. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Why is preaching the gospel so important? Well, the short answer is everyone needs God's love, his word, his truths, his spirit, and promises to invade the world's bombardment of sin and disobedience to the only true God. But rest assured, today is no different than any other day or culture. Believe that. The fall of man confirms that sin is in this world and God's truth is needed beyond anything else the world had, has, or will ever offer to its occupants. There are many who are in desperate need of God's salvation and just like the deliverance of the Israelites from the bondage and captivity of Babylon, the physical freedom, there are enormous needs for deliverance of humanity from the bondage, captivity, and spiritual darkness of the devil, the spiritual bondage. You know of anyone that needs to be set free from the bondage and captivity of the devil? And 
what if God has sent you? Are there those who are experienced a form of imprisonment other than those who willfully committed a crime? Yes, there are those who live in this fallen world are those who are imprisoned against their will. Is there slavery to sin in this world? Yes, there are those who are bound in the clutches of the devil in sin. Are there those who are living in spiritual darkness? Yes, there are many who are being deceived by the schemes of the devil. So what would be the good news that you would bring to those mentioned? Do you think about those who are in need to hear the good news? Or are you just worried about yourself? Look at it like this. The good news equals the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel is the gospel of truth in the midst of the overindulgence in sin. It's the gospel of peace amid the relentlessness of war. The war between culture, the war between the flesh and the spirit. It's the best news that any human being could ever hear amid the noise that's being blared to attempt to drown out God's truths. Are you listening or being distracted by the noise? Because that's the enemy. You, as a disciple of Jesus, are to live out Jesus' command to go and make disciples. And as a disciple, you are to preach because you know that God has sent you forth to be the bearer of his spirit, his light, and his love to the world. You are the messenger. Do you not want to see yourself as the instrument ambassador for God's work in this world that you are complaining about because sin is running rampant, shoved in your face on TV, in the movies, at the workplace, in your space, and even at your place of worship? And I don't know if you've forgotten but we're in spiritual warfare. And then wouldn't you want to be adequate and equipped for every good work that God has assigned to you? Or do you think the enemy is going to just go away because you withdrew or retreated? No, the enemy attempts to take even more ground. Remember the saying, give him a foot. Now he wants a mile. Oh, it ain't going to be easy. You're not going to get to stroll across the battlefield and claim victory. Don't you remember? They crucified the king, for goodness sakes, for his message. Please tell me you realize that, don't you? So, as a disciple, complete your work inventory. What are your results? Just asking. Is mediocrity acceptable where you get your paycheck? And some may say, yeah, well, as a matter of fact, it is. And so I guess that would be acceptable behavior. But I will remind you, you go read Revelation 6, 9, and 10. And you tell me if you think God will just say, oh, okay, to mediocrity. But wait a minute. Wouldn't mediocrity be like lukewarm? Hmm. So, you're either hot or cold. <laughs> there it is again. NGA. 
Oh my goodness. I would say except that well, I don't think you can be lukewarm. Now, as hot, you're passionate, enthusiastic, earnest about God and his work and his harvest field of humanity. Or you're cold toward him and those in a harvest field. But lukewarm, a person who causes God's stomach to be upset enough that he would vomit because he cannot bear them. I pray if you've been half-hearted, unexcited, unenthusiastic, or apathetic, God will create a fire in you today, and hot you will be. But let us carry on. Well, I think most people do not see themselves as the preacher. They see the man at the front of their place of worship at the podium as the preacher, but you, as a disciple of Jesus, are preachers as well. Yes, of course, there are some who have selected as their occupation and others as vocation, and they are the minister, the pastor, and the priest, without a doubt. But there is a huge difference in selecting an occupation or vocation and being selected to preach, which is a response to your calling, and God equips you to speak out about the only true God, his word, his truths, and not hold it within yourself like some personal attachment. No, it's through your voice, your life, your environment, your circumstances, your trials that you evangelize and the spirit of God moves in and through you. Have you seen the spirit of God working? But if you are not sent by God, then yes, you're correct in your position of not being a preacher because God commissions his disciples to go. So, if you're not a goer, then does that mean you are not a disciple of Jesus? And if you're not a goer, then why not? You have to answer that question. That's between you and God. As a disciple of Jesus, we know and believe God equips all his disciples, empowering them to complete the mission, to make. Are you a maker? Yes or no? NGA. Now picture this. The preacher and the hearer are linked together by the Spirit of God. You are preaching and reaching those that God has ordained for you to speak the truth and love of God. And your speaking brings glory to God for the work of salvation and sanctification in and through the life of his disciples. You, what a blessing. Why would you want to miss out on a wonderful blessing of God, being purposeful and intimately involved in someone's eternal life change and see salvation and the light come into their darkness? So may I ask you, who then are the laborers? Who are the ones that bring good news to the world? I mean, after all, ask an unbeliever and the only true God if they've been at your place of worship, and they will respectfully say, no. Oh, so I guess it's not the man at the podium that are supposed to hear from now, is it? You beginning to catch my drift? It has to be more than the man in the front, because in reality, that's his job. To be the front man. Who are the laborers out in the harvest? Is that you? I mean, after all, Jesus said in Luke 10, verse 2, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Keyword, send out. The man in the front is in the front. Send out, that's us. So if the man in the front ain't going out into the harvest, then I'll ask, who are the laborers that we would beseech the Lord to send them out? Oh, it's either in or out. NGA, where are you? Out or in? Where do you think the Lord, with all caps, will do his empowering in or out? You want or desire to feel empowerment by God? Then try going out and see what God will do in your life. But never go to a sword fight without your sword because it will be the sword fight that you will encounter. You can count on that. And just want to remind you again, remember spiritual warfare. So how can anyone hear news without a newscaster? Are you bringing the good news? I'm sure the easy answer is yes, I do. But do you really? So, see it like this. Remember, good news equals the gospel. Well, feet equals walk. So, just as a reminder, so you don't think that you'll be doing something that God himself may not or will not do, and if you do, you are totally mistaken, totally underestimating, and totally misunderstanding God. So, you try to use an excuse of, well, you know, you never did it. You know, have no influence on him at all. Not one bit. Check this out. Enoch walked with God. So I would say God walked with Enoch. God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. The disciples walked into the surrounding towns and villages, and they also left the dust behind, too. The Israelites walked in the desert. God was walking about in the midst of the fire in a heated furnace. And Jesus walked with his cross on his shoulders as he walked to his sacrifice. And you know, the devil roams about on the earth and walking around on it. So, you going to walk or not? NGA. And when you are walking, this is God's living word coming alive in you as you have the spirit of God living and working and through your walk as a disciple of Jesus. Amen. So now as a disciple of Jesus, it's your feet only because the way you walk. And when you walk, this is how you are to walk. So, no excuse that nobody ever told you. God commands his disciples to walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 You are to walk in a manner worthy of your calling in which you have been called. That's Ephesians 4.17 You must walk in newness of life. That's Romans 6.4 You want to hear where to walk? It's Colossians 2.6 Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. 
before God delivered all his disciples. They all were walking dead in immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. That's Colossians 3, 5, 7. So do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, Romans 8, 4 says. You want your eyes to lie to you? Then walk opposite as to how God says we must walk. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. When the Spirit of God is working, then you are this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That's your Ephesians 2.10. And when you are walking by the Spirit so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in a knowledge of God. Colossians 1.10. Many will try to persuade, influence, encourage, and manipulate and prompt you to be unfaithful to God to question God to wonder if God is really true and good but God says do not walk in the way of them and keep your feet from their path that's Proverbs 115 and if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we lie and do not practice the truth. That's 1 John 1, 6. Therefore, the one who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the same manner as he walked. 1 John 2, 6. And when you're working in the darkness of evil world that you're faced with today, then you as a disciple of Jesus, walk as children of light, Ephesians 5, 8. So, you may not have heard what God hates thus far, and you may not have heard it ever, but as a disciple of Jesus, I would be remiss if I didn't testify to what God says, since as his disciple, <laughs> I'm using his words. And one thing for certain, I believe God approves of the uses of his words, so those who hear, because his are the best, the only ones that penetrate through the hard shell, through the darkness. And I pray God opens your heart to hear the things I am saying, and a spirit moves and comes upon you. But please understand this, God hates a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil. That's the truth of God's heart and feelings. And he says it in Proverbs 6, 18. So please understand, this is what God says. He hates a heart that devises wicked plans and feet that run rapidly to evil. I will ask you, and all you need to do is to be honest with yourself. Now, 
when you look down at your feet and where you've been walking, do you see any indications like your footprints that may have been moving quickly toward evil or returning from it? When I was inspired to write the book titled Walking the Way, Discipling Everywhere with a Fresh Set of Eyes, I received this wonderful inspiration from the Spirit of God as to how God perceives the work and feet of His disciples. Listen. As a disciple of Jesus, you will begin to know and understand, if you haven't already, when you receive by God's providential will your new identity that you became a disciple of Jesus. As Jesus' disciple, you step into the shoes the disciple left behind. You are now the next disciple stepping into those shoes as you respond to God's calling on your life so you would walk the way Jesus did. Have confidence. Your shoes are just like those worn in the wilderness. They will never wear out because God designed them to be walked in by those who will faithfully carry his word and truths in their hearts to the world. And when that day comes, you, like everyone before you, will step out of those shoes and another disciple will step into them right behind you and the truth of the only true God in Jesus Christ will go on and on and on. So as we head back up, take this with you. It may be easy to cover your feet with socks and shoes, but do they really cover them or are they just camouflaged? When you walk, you should be imitating Jesus because in his humanity, he had to walk most everywhere he traveled. So Jesus' feet were pretty dirty. But yet, they are the cleanest and most beautiful feet one could ever witness or imitate walking on this planet. Believe that. Just because your feet are dirty on the outside because you traveled on a dusty road doesn't mean that your walk is dirty. And you can believe the same holds true for clean on the outside. Believe that. I have seen people accomplish amazing things with their feet, and you may have as well. But this is not about feats of humanity. It's about what God places in the hearts of his disciples that carry as they walk and live out Jesus' command to go and make disciples. You heard what God says and the promises to his disciples who walk the way Jesus does. And in doing so, you bring the good news of what the good shepherd has, is, and will be doing with your feet, the feet of his faithful and obedient disciple who imitate God as beloved children walking the way. So, you heard the good news and the good things that God does through the feet of his disciples. So don't worry about bunions, corns, blisters, or hamletoes. Just get to walking. Amen. Let me pray for you. 
Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, what can I say? Your words are truth and life. Peter was right. Where could we go? You have the words of eternal life. You made it very clear as to how we are to walk as your disciples who proclaim we are your chosen people, the sheep of your flock. Empower us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It's by your Spirit's work. Make us to be your disciples, to be your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Give us the ability, the capability, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling in which you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light so we can proclaim the excellencies of you. Help us and lead us to walk by faith and not by sight because we are learning our eyes can and will lie to us. We thank you for today. We thank you for this time. Thank you for inclining your ear to hear our prayer today. We thank you for the way you are walking with us as you did when you walk with those on the road to Emmaus. And our hearts are burning just like theirs. We thank you for today. We thank you for your loving kindness. And we thank you and are so, so grateful for Jesus. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.